<laughs> well, there goes half the church. Take your Bible this morning, turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. You know, I love that song. If you think about it, it's such a wonderful promise that God's amazing grace gets us through. The title of my sermon this morning is actually Standing on the Promises. And, you know, so many things we think about what promises God makes to us. And, you know, if you think of one in particular, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And you think about that, that promise that God says if you believe on him. And, and so many times we don't think about the promises God makes us. We, we, we want things. And I, I, as I was reading Joshua, got to thinking about this, is it starts off in chapter 1. It says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, My servant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan and thou and all the people into the land which I do give them, even the children of Israel. Every place that thou that the sole of thy foot shall tread that I have given unto you as I said unto Moses. I want you to think about that. Here's Joshua. He, he's been Moses' helper. And now Moses, the leader, is dead. And, and God is saying, I want you to go. Joshua, I want you to go and, and, and you're going to lead. Now, can you imagine this, Joshua, all these things that God had done for Moses, and Joshua is having to rely on, on things he's seen, and he's probably thinking, but Lord, I'm, I'm not the person to, to, to do this, and, and God's telling him, I've chosen you, and he says, I, I like what he said in verse 3, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you. So every place you walk, everywhere you go, you, but you've got to go, and that's my promise. If you go, I'm going to give it to you. And then he, he, he listened to what he says. He says, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even into the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. And there shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the day of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and very courageous that thou may observe, excuse me, uh, be very strong and be of good courage. I jerk, skip the verse. For unto this people thou shalt divide the inheritance of the land, which I swear unto thy fathers to give them. Only you, thou, be strong and very courageous that thou may observe according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, not to turn from it from the right, or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever thou goest. God's telling me, he says, I want you to go. And, and I, I, I thought, I said, man, this is strong. Now think about it. He tells him in the middle, he said, now, now Joshua, you got to be strong. you got to be courageous. Because if you're not, when the promises God makes you, when the things is going to happen, because, you know, you think Joshua witnessed all the times, all these stiff-necked, Israelites got all upset and got all mad and all bent out of shape and they they 
they accused Moses. They, they jumped on him, and, you know, Joshua's right there. He's right there watching it, and he, he's like, I don't know if I had the, the ability to do this, God. I, I, I just don't know. And he said, but I want you to be strong. You can't stand on my promises if you're not strong and courageous. And you think of what he would need to do that. And so I got a few things I want to share with you this morning. And to be able to be like Joshua to stand is you've got to accept the things God wants you to do. You know, you, you, and to do that, to be able to accept what sometimes. Human eyes and you, the emotion. If I'm strong enough, I don't know if I can. But 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 God says, don't be be courage. Have courage. Be strong. And the only way you can do it is you've got to have a heart that's right and that's guarded. You know, and that's hard to do. Any anybody just just is always brave. You know, it's it's easy to get discouraged, and and it's it's really bad because our heart isn't what it ought to be. But Jeremiah tells us Jeremiah seventeen nine. He said the heart is deceitful above all things and, and desperately wicked. Who could know it? And you you think and you say, well what's that got to be with courageous? Because if we're not doing what God says and we're not accepting what he says for us to do and how to do it, our hearts tell us, oh no, no, you can't do it. Now that's guess what God is telling us. And we to our feelings. Have you ever gotten upset and gotten mad at somebody and then regretted what you did? Anybody besides me? It's amazing how our heart sometimes can just 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 jump out there and then we're going, I should have done what Lord was trying to tell me to do is keep my mouth shut and and everything because you know it, it, it's like this. Uh, I remember when I was youth director, one of the ways I, I tried to tell kids about their words is I took toothpaste and I had them squeeze it all out of the tube. Now put it back. You can't do that. It, 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 once it's out, it's there. You can't get that stuff back in there no matter how hard, hard you try. Now, that's like anybody ever get a package that has packing peanuts in it, those little styrofoam things? Isn't it amazing that if you ever drop that box, some things go everywhere, you find them for years. Not just weeks. I'm talking about years. Like, where did this come from? And, and and that's the way it is when you're when you allow your emotions to get out, they go out everywhere. And, and we we need to realize we got to guard our heart. You've got to be prepared at all times. The only way to do that is to abide in the Lord, to stay as close to Him as you can. Because when you get out and get away from Him, you know it, it, it's so easy to get into the world. It's so easy to to watch out and not do it. You know. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You've got to guard it. You've got to be prepared. You've got to, you've got to keep it. You've got to, to watch out the things that you do and how you, you act. You know, you, you, you think God's promised us that our heart's right. He tells us in Isaiah 26, 3, He says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed on thee because he has trusted in thee. God said, when you when you trust on me and you focus on me, I'll keep your heart for you. But the thing is, you've got to be willing to do it. To abide in God is not just ever a, a, a once a week thing. 
And I think that's one of the problems why all of us want to do is a lot. Well, not all of us, but a bunch of people, maybe a once a week. And, and for some people, I, boy, they really got it down. They do once a year, maybe once every once in a while. Say, well, well, I'm okay. Let me ask you a question. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a child of God, how close are you abiding to that God that you call yourself worshiping? I mean, what what's time if you're not keeping yourself in, in god's love and in, in god's commandments where are you keeping yourself because that's where your heart is we have to worry of that we have to watch that you know you you've got to abide you know jesus talks about abiding in him he is the divine and, and no matter how bad it gets no matter what you're up against you need to abide in him you know, and I think in the time and day that we live in, it's so hard to, to stand up and say, I'm a Christian and I believe in this because the world mocks us and the world says, oh, you're, you're, you're judgmental, you're, you're this way. But let me tell you something, if you don't draw a line in the sand and say, this is it, what are you standing for? You know, I mean, listen to what Jesus said. I mean, he said this in John chapter 15, verse 18 through 19. He says, the world hates you. Know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. Because you're not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. God said it's not going to be easy. If, you, if you're a child of God, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be rough. It's going to be hard. And, and if you're, you know, I, I, one of us gets into the world. Every one of us is worldly and, and different things and in different times of our life. And when you become that worldly Christian and, and you stop listening to God, it's so easy to fall for what Satan wants you to do. And, and, and you can't abide in God. You can't, you can't rely on his promises. You can't rely on the things he says because you're not listening to him. You're not acting. You're acting more worldly than anything else. And, and you, you realize that God says, hey, everything that you face, every, every temptation that you come with, I give you a way out of it. When, when, when your temper flares up, when, when, when things go bad and you just want to throw up your hands and give up, God says, I've given you a way out. He tells us this, and you know, people say, well, well, God said he'd never put more on me than I can bear. I've never found that in the Bible. That is a lie of the devil. I'll go ahead and tell you, it, it's not in there. Now, what he does say is, I'll give you a way out of every temptation. He doesn't say, I'm going to put, I'll never put more on. You know, what it amounts to is, is there's more put on. So look at Job. Job was able to bear it. Why? Because he trusted in God. What it is, God wants you to trust in him. You can't handle the things of the world. You can't handle the problems. What well, God said, bring them to me. Bring me your burdens. Bring me your cares. Because if we could handle them, Jesus would have never said that. But he wants us closer to him because the closer you are to him, problems, the more you'll give him your worries, the more you'll give him those things that destroy you. But when you're away from him and you're not listening, Satan will will dangle a carrot and you'll 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 you'll, you'll chase after it or or you know chase after that butterfly that takes you over here or or, or there's that shiny over there and you get away from God and Satan says, "Well, I got you because you're no longer relying on God's promises. You're relying on the things that you the way you think you ought to have it." How many of you have ever messed something up real bad? Then go to God and said, "Lord, help me. I don't know how I ever got here." 
Well, the truth is you got yourself there. You know, it's like driving today. You know, every, everybody, uh, we used to have maps. Y'all remember maps? If you're going somewhere, you'd take out your 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 Randy Atlas, McNally Atlas, and you'd be flipping the thing. And it, if you we always had one that was years out of date. So when you got to a city, none of the roads matched. Then they came up with GPSs. Well, those were great, but still, I think they were using those 20-year-old maps in them. And you'd be driving and you'd be in a field on the map. But now we got cell phones and you you put it you, you can say, hey, take me to so-and-so and it'll tell you I want to be on highways, I want to be on a back road, and it'll do all that for you. But we don't always use those, do we? Well, I know the way. Anybody got lost besides me before? Thinking they knew how to go? I always end up in the worst side of town. I remember one night I was we uh, I was going to meet a youth group over in Atlanta, and I got lost. And I stop at a corner, and I see this guy, and I said, "I'm gonna ask him where this road is." And so I'm waiting for the light to turn green, and before it turned green, here come the police. The next thing I know, that guy's gone. I'm like, "Well, I'm glad I didn't pull over there." And what's bad is I had the directions wrote down, but I didn't follow them. See, a lot of times we we have what we need. God says, I'll give you the way. I'll give you the promises, but you don't follow me. You rely on yourself. And you wonder how you get here. You don't before you. You wait till you're in this horrible mess. But guess what? Grace is still there. Amen. He still loves us enough to, to, to get us out of the problems we dig ourselves into. But we wonder how we get there. We wonder why things don't go the way we want. Because we're not listening to him. You know, when, when he says this, he says, I've given you a way out of every temptation, as he says in 1 Corinthians. And then and Hebrews tells us, that for he himself has suffered being tempted, so he is able to succor them that, that are succor them that are, are tempted. So the Bible tells us Jesus went through temptation, so he knows what we face. So he helps us through it. But the thing is, do you take that hard way out sometimes? Because it's not the easy way. It, it, sometimes it, 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 is, it is saying, I'm not, I can't do this. I can't go there. I can't do this. And, and people look at you, well, why not? Because God's told me not to. And it's hard sometimes to do it. And, and well, uh, let me tell you, when you don't do what God tells you to do, it, it's easy to become a worldly Christian. You know, the a worldly Christian, a worldly worldly Christian. I'll spit it out in a minute. Is a person who cannot leave behind the patterns of the world. They're they're, they're neither hot nor cold, just like it tells us. They're they're lukewarm, and and you know. Their, their answer is this, when you, when you say, well, are you doing so-and-so for the Lord? Well, it depends. It's never yes or no. Anybody like that? Julie says, I'm like that a lot. I never give her a straight answer. And, and you, you, and, but we do that to God. And, and we, we don't realize that, you know, and what we do is we depend on everybody else's experiences and everybody else's taste and everybody else's actions for us to decide what to do. Well, what's everybody else doing? Is anybody else going to do it? You know, if God told us to serve them, do we say, well, who's going to do it? 
If God said, I, I, I want everybody to pray this morning, well, who's going to start? I, I'll join in. I'll, I'll help, but, but we don't want to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Like, like Isaiah says, Lord, here I am, send me. We wait and we stand there and look, well, who's going to go first? We're very lukewarm. And li listen to Revelation chapter 3 and listen to this. And Jesus says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I, I were that thou art cold or hot. So because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. God said, you, you don't see because you don't make up your mind. You, you, you won't abide in me. You won't trust in me. You won't listen to me. And, 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 but you say, I, I am, and I, I do, and, and he's like, you, you don't make a decision. You, you pretend to. And he says, you're not hot. You're not, there's nothing that stirs you. You know what's bad is sometimes the only thing that stirs us is when there's problems. And that's, that's what's the bad thing about being lukewarm is that it, it takes something dramatic to get your attention. And God said, your attention should be focused on me the whole time. This is what he says. I counsel thee in verse 18 in Revelation 3. He says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire that thou mayest be rich, white raiment that thou may be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Anoint thy says, I challenge you to do something. I challenge you to abide. I challenge you to stand on my promises. But guess what? You've got to know the promises before you stand on them. So the only way you do that is I challenge you to get in the Word. I challenge everybody here, everybody watching, to, to the rest of this month, every day, read as much as you can, study as much as you can. Do it every day. Set aside some time and say, Lord, here I am. I'm listening. What do you got to, for me today? Listen to verse 19 of Revelation 3. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. God says, I get on to you because I love you. But then he says, be zealous, therefore, and repent. He says, what you need to do is realize I've been trying to get your attention and hey, you've gotten yourself in trouble and guess what? But I want you to repent. You, you want to stand on my promises? You know, you know what? this is what's bad. Is that the, 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 the prosperous gospel that's being preached a lot has got people believing that if I just show up, if I raise my hand every once in a while and I sing out, I'm good to go. God's just going to pour his blessings out on me because I asked. Well, if you listen to what he told, told Joshua, he said, do you want the land? you got to walk on it. You want the blessings? You better abide in it. Because just, just listening and then, then, then saying, hey, I name it, I claim it, Woo, there it is, ain't going to get it. God says, you've got to, to listen to me. You've got to obey me. You've got to come to me. You know, 
you know, God had already gave Israel the land. He had already promised them. But then he told them, he said, you've got to be, have obedience. You've got to walk across. You know, God calls us to, to be obedient. You know, the, the, the prayer of Jabez that everybody prayed for a while, where it says in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10, and Jabez called on the Lord saying, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast for thy hand might be with, with me and thou wouldst keep me from evil that it might not grieve me. Oh, God granted that which he requests. You know, the reason God granted what he requests is because he was right there where God wanted him to be. See, a lot of people said, well, if I pray this prayer, God's going to just pour his blessings out on me. Well, no. Where are you at? Now, I think it's this. But the thing is, is people got this idea of God being a materialistic God. And that's not, you know, God owns everything. So he, he has all the material. But guess what? You know, he might bless you with some of it. But if you've got the mind that God wants you to have, but the Bible says you should love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. You won't worry about these things that you, you're focusing on now, that these, the, these physical things, you'll be more worried about the spiritual things. Lord, where do you want me? How, how should I serve you? God, I'm just here for you because that's what you called me to be. You know, if we'd all be like that, well, we'd be in a whole lot better place, wouldn't we? We wouldn't be worried about what the Joneses have got. I know I don't got none, so don't worry. You can't keep up with You know, we, we focus on the wrong things. I'm not being blessed if I don't have this. Let me tell you something. Sometimes when you don't have nothing, you're more blessed than anybody because you know the Lord who provides for you. And sometimes we, we, we focus on the wrong things. We, we don't look. Oh, if we would just pay attention. You know, acting in obedience is showing confidence in the Lord. As James says, he said, you know, even faith, if it had not works, is dead. I mean, if you got confidence, you can serve the Lord. Well, so, well preacher, I just, I, I just can't do what I, what I used to do. Well, none of us can. But what can you do? Everybody has the ability to do something. What is God calling you to do today? Well, first, are you listening to him? Maybe he's just saying, hey, I want to hear from you because it's been such a long time. Yeah. How, many, how many of you have, have friends, if they was to call you today, you would recognize their voice because you ain't talked to them. Bad with names. Anybody else in here bad with names besides me? I'll meet people and, and Julie will be with me. And, and, and there, used to be a time, there used to be a time she'd always look at me and says, why didn't you introduce them to me? And she finally figured out it's because you don't know their name. And so, yeah, she said she just gave up on it, so now she introduces herself. It helps a lot because they'll tell their name, and then I go, oh, okay, now I know who you are. But there's times that we've got friends that we hadn't spoke to, that they just call you on the phone, you say, who is this? You ever wonder if God looks at you and goes, well, who is this? I ain't heard from you forever. How many Praying like we ought to. Does you know when when Isaiah stands, Lord, here I am, send me. Or one of the prophets, Lord, here I am, I'll do what you want me to do. You know, you think about it. They knew who he was. How many of us know who he is? Are you that close to him? Are you abiding more in the world than you are in him? So what you're getting is just what the world promises you, and absolutely was is nothing because the world don't own anything. 
but are, but are you listening to them? So maybe some of you just need to listen to them, talk to them. Maybe some of them, you just need to read what he's told you. It's showing confidence in what God has. It ought to be that we ought to hunger for the Lord. You know, Paul said in Romans 6, verse 6, he said this. He says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed and henceforth should not serve sin. Paul said when we get saved, there ought to be a change in us. And, you know, there, there, there is, but I think what happens a lot of times is that that unused, I guess might be the best way to put it, that, that we become hardened to things. Or we just drift away. And you, 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 you know that you've been saved, you know you're a child of God, but the joy of that salvation is no longer there. We, we get to where we don't um, enjoy serving the Lord. Well, I didn't like the songs that goes this morning. Those weren't my favorite. I, I don't like the, 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 the pew that I'm sitting in because that person sat right down in front of me. And that fat guy won't stay still where I can see him. You ever thought about the complaints we have? We, oh, it's hot, it's cold, it, it rained yesterday, or, and, and, and you just come up with every excuse not to love the Lord. You say, oh, but I love the Lord. Do you show him that you love him? You know what's bad is, is, is we had to, in America, establish a holiday to tell people, I love you. And then the world got hold of it, and it's become so that, that nobody wants to really do it. You know, I've, I've, I've seen people get fight in fights who have been married. Well, you can get them for Valentine's Day. Is that what you have to wait on is Valentine's Day to be heard that I love you? Think of that. If it has to have a special holiday for us to tell the one we love, we love them. What are we doing to God who so loved us that he gave his only begotten son? Oh, we had Christmas, but you know what? More people worry about the presents that they opened than the gift that was given. We have Easter, but more people are worried about the clothes they wear then what the holiday is. You ask, tell you what Easter's about. That's like most people today will tell you Christmas is always about getting together with family. Sorry, that's not the answer. It's about Jesus Christ. Easter, do y'all do remember Easter when, when everybody used to go to church? And I, I, I remember once hearing that people said, well, I go to church because mama's there me to be there well for some mama's no longer here so they just gave up they get up on Sunday mornings they'll get dressed dress up real nice that Sunday morning go out hide Easter eggs and and eat chocolate 
And that's the mist of what Easter is to them. Not understanding that Easter is the most important day because that's the day that your sins were paid for. That is the day that he come out of the grave and says, hey, because of me, your sins are paid for. And through me, you can have eternal life. That's what Easter's about. But we've commercialized it. We took our eyes. We're not abiding it. And what's bad, Christian, what is it up to you? Do you got to wait till Easter to get excited about them? Do you got to wait Christmas to get excited about them now? Can't you say, Lord, here I am, send me. Lord, what does it take for me to get closer to you? Do I need to abide in you? Do I need to accept you? Do I need to trust you? Do I just need to sell out to you? Maybe I need to stop what I'm doing and say, Lord, let's just start over and let's just start afresh and let me come close to you again like I used to be. Because let me tell you what happens. The world gets you and beats you down. And before long, you're just barely making it day to day. Anybody in here ever been like that besides me? Where it's just you day to day existence. Instead of saying, Lord, here I am. Thank you for allowing me to get up. Thank you for being with me today. Maybe tomorrow you'll call me home. I don't know. But whatever time you've given me left, use me. If we'd be excited about, and you realize, man, I, I was reading some of the stories. And if you just take the word of God, open it up, and read what God's done for wonderful people in the Bible, say, he's still on the throne, and he can do that today. He ain't stopped answering prayers. He ain't stopped doing miracles. They're still there. It's just we don't see them because we don't want to. Because if we saw them and we accepted it, then we have to realize that we're wrong and we need to be on our knees in repentance. Oh, but we don't do that. We, we, we wait and we say, oh, Lord, you know, I, I'm going to stand on your promises and I'm going to know what you say. You know, every one of us want to hear this. If you're standing on his promises, this is what we, we cling to and we hope that we'll hear is that he said in, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, where he says, Lord, unto, unto him, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy good and faithful servant. Let me ask you a question. If you were to stand before the Lord today, if you claim to be a child of God today, would he say you've been a good and faithful servant? Did you do what I asked you to do when I called you? Oh, I know you ain't perfect, because listen to what he says next. He says, thou hast been faithful thing. He didn't say over everything. He said, because he knows, he knows our heart. He knows we ain't always that. He knew have courage he's going to have to be strong to take this role but he said I know you, you're going to give up sometimes Joshua but are you faithful over a few things because if you are I'll make you ruler over many and I want you to enter into the joy of your salvation experience it and be glad about it because let me tell you there's one promise there's one promise in this Bible I pray that nobody that's listening to me or here today ever has to worry about. 
and it's found in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. And it says this, And then he said unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Let me tell you, that's a promise that if you don't trust in him, and you don't know him, that's where you're going to spend eternity. You can either spend eternity in the joy of the Lord, or you can spend eternity in the place that was prepared for Satan and the fallen angels for eternity. Because let me tell you, you think, this ain't all we got. When, when you die, you're going to one or two places. You say, well, how do you know? My Bible tells me, my Holy Spirit that speaks to me lets me know it each and every day. It's real. Because let me tell you, if it wasn't somebody died, they could wake them back up. Amen. But when the Spirit's gone, that's it. And it's gone to one of two places. Which one are you heading to? You know, that what's good is right now, if you're a child of God and you're being faithful, you can hear those blessed words, welcome home. Ooh, but how many of you want to stand before them the way you are right now? I want to be closer. I, want, I, I, I don't want to be a lukewarm Christian where he says, I'm about ready to spit you out of my mouth, son. I want him to love me because I'm on fire for him. But if you don't know, if today is a day you say, if you were to die right now and you say, well, I hope I go to heaven, hope you'll go into heaven, ain't it? You could know for sure. Oh, how do you know for sure? When I got saved, I got saved when I was 10 years old. I ain't been perfect since I've been 10. But my God kept coming back after me. When I'd run from him, he'd come after me. Oh, well, there's times I think he's about ready to not just, just break my leg as a shepherd did a sheep that run off. He's probably about ready to twist my neck off. But he still loved me. In my deepest, darkest places I've been, he still loved me and I knew it. Because at 10 years old, I asked him in my heart. Somebody told me about John 3.16, for God so loved the world. How was that world? To find out that somebody loved me when I thought I was unlovable. You see, because here's what it amounts to. The wages of sin is death. And the only thing that can be paid for is by something paying that price. When Adam and Eve sinned, God killed still wasn't paid. Jesus took our cross with it. He died on the cross for you and for me, and he says, all you got to do is believe in me. The Bible says if you can pass with your mouth and believe in your heart, you can't be saved. If the kind of person I can be, a simple like me, God says, you can believe in me. A prayer, it was something similar to this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I can't get to heaven without you. Come in my heart and save me. Make me a new creature. And let me tell you, he did. Was I perfect after I said that? No. He's still working on me. You won't be. But you got to believe it. Church, let me ask you a question. Do you still believe it? Do you believe in the promises? Let me ask you, are you, are you up walking to claim the promises he's given you? Because 
You can't just sit back and say, you take that last breath. He wants you to continue. What can you do? I got to look at myself and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I know you'll open the door for me and you'll equip me. Because let me tell you, he changed me enough to do what I do. He can change anybody and equip anybody in here to serve him. But you got to be willing. Are you listening to the promises that God has for you this morning? Every head bowed, every eye. Lord, as we come, I pray, Lord, that that people realize that what we need to do is, as your church, as your people, is to get up, and, and as as you told Joshua, walk the land, claim what claim. You need to be strong, encouraged to claim the promises I've given you. I promised you I would never leave you nor forsake you. You say you told us that you would always be there. You told us you, you would equip us. You told us you love us, but you called us into obedience. Father, help us to be obedient this morning. There's somebody that needs to say, Lord, I, I'm not being. And they need to come back to you. And Lord, they need to just bear their hearts because they, they, they have allowed circumstances and things to take them away from you, to take the joy away from you. So, Father, I pray you deal with them. Lord, for those who, who know loved ones who is burdening their soul, that they're not where they need to be today. That, Father, that they, they know that the, that loved one is not listening. Father, I pray that, that you give them the courage to stand in their place, to stand in the gap and pray for them. And if there's somebody that doesn't know you, let them say that prayer. Let them say it with their mouth and believe in their heart that I might be saved today. Lord, have your way in this invitation. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. As you stand to your feet, we're going to sing page 105. 105 as we sing, the altar's open. Thank you for coming today. I hope.
that when you leave here, it's not stormy outside, not snowing outside. You can get home safely. Then it can snow all it wants, and Kim can be happy. So, but until then, y'all, I pray that you make it home safe. Keep yourself safe. Watch out today and, and tonight. If you don't have to go nowhere, go nowhere. Stay home. And I pray that you just you just ask God to, to watch over you. We got people that are sick in the church, so I ask you to remember them. Uh, we got some that's got COVID, so y'all pray for them. Uh, pray for one another. Lift each other up. You didn't see somebody today, They give them a call and say, hey, we miss you. I know you didn't need to get out, but just let you know we're we, we thinking about you. And if you're watching, hey, well, thank you for watching and being part of our, our, our service today. Uh, God's blessed us in many ways. I pray he continues to bless the church and helps us. It's a trying times we live in. Uh, well, remember our Bible study on Wednesday night? We're in the book of Daniel. We're going to go from Daniel to Matthew. We're going to be a prophecy for a little while, back and forth. So y'all remember that. So I urge you to come and join us on that. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful week. Robert, will you close the prayer this morning? Thank you.